0: Good morning, folks. Thank you for joining us this morning. We've got some more folks that are going to be coming in uh, over the next few minutes to worship with us here. and We're glad to have you. For all of you who are joining us online, thank you. Good morning. Good to see you. Thank you for joining with us this morning. I'm excited to be worshiping with you today. We've already had uh, one worship service this morning, and the singing was great. The the time of the Word was great. and I'm uh, just planning on that happening again uh, as we're here together this morning. So thank you for choosing to get up. Thank you for uh, joining us here. If you haven't been with us... Uh, in the building for worship on Sundays right now. Uh, just a couple things as far as helping us out, keeping everybody safe. We need you to keep your mask on the whole time that you're with us, even when we're singing. Uh, and anytime that you're in the building until you get outside, please keep your mask on. And then, you know, just kind of be aware of social distancing and, and uh, trying to keep a little bit of distance between you and maybe somebody else's family. We'd appreciate your help out with that. Also, we will have a time uh, where we take communion together uh, here in a few minutes, and we'll have some thoughts shared and a prayer offered. And after that prayer, you should have a cup sitting on your um, on your seat. And uh, if you peel off the, the top lid, you'll have the wafer there to eat and then peel off the second lid, and that's the juice to drink. So I wanted you to be aware of that. We'll help you, um, you know, get those thrown away at the end of worship today. And then uh, the other thing is we we will have a time um, at the end of our worship, just a reminder uh, for our offering. We have baskets out in the lobby if you have, you know, money, money, um, you know, cash or check that you want to give uh, today, we have baskets, you can drop that in, or you can go online uh, or text to give, there's instructions to, to do that as well. So I wanted to remind you of all those, I guess, uh, housekeeping and procedure uh, things this morning, so that we can focus on worshiping together. Um, man, I don't know about you guys, uh, a lot of people have been sharing on, on social media and stuff how, you know, we are it's almost like we're still in 2020. Like, it's just 2020 extended. If we think about all the, all the chaos and different things that happened over the last year, it doesn't seem like it stopped just because we changed years, right? Uh, but it is, I truly believe, I'm not just saying this because it's Sunday and it's church. It really is a blessing to be here. And with all the different things that have been going on uh, in our country, in our community, uh, health-wise, politics-wise, safety-wise, Um, for the last week or so what a blessing it is to be able to be in a safe place together either here in our homes and just be still in the presence of our God and 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 connect with each other and worship together so let's let that be our focus today and uh, let's really focus start focusing right now on just enjoying uh, the opportunity to worship so we're going to do that I'm going to ask God to bless our time of worship and then we're going to begin praising him together in song let's pray together father God thank you so much for today you are such a good God to us and in and, and, and a time where it seems like uh, most of our world and, and ourselves included, myself included, God, we, we just can't get our minds off of all the, all the things that are negative, all the things that are going wrong, all the things that we wish were different. And God, I pray that you would help us this morning to tune those things out at least for a few minutes and to really focus on how good a God you are and how good you've been to us and really pay attention to all the blessings you've given us that maybe we've even not really paid any attention to. And God, as we sing praises to you today, as we, as we do like we're doing now, we, we spend time in prayer talking to you. As we spend time in your word and allow you to talk to us, God, would you, um, would you just help us to feel your presence? Would you help us to, to let go of our fear and anxiety and frustration and anger and, and trust that you are God, that you are in control, and that you uh, are the God who heals and restores. And we pray that you do that. Uh, and, and start with us, restore our spirits and our hearts as we worship you together this morning. Father, I, I pray that as we worship, um, if, there are, if there are changes that people need to make in their lives, if there's some things they need to let go of or some things they need to start doing, they that you start making that obvious to us as we sing and pray and, and spend time in your word together. And if there's commitments that need to be made, if there's conversations that need to be had that have been we've been putting off for a long time, would you give us the willingness to do those things starting today Because of what we experience in worship with you. God, we give this time to you. We pray that everything goes to your honor and your glory and just uh, empowers us to go out from here and be the people that you've called us to be. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's get on your feet. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I I love singing your praises. praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so
1: glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. us. You You came came from from heaven heaven to earth to to show the way from from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the the cross cross to the the grave, grave, from the grave grave to the the sky. sky. Lord, Lord, I lift lift your your name name on high. high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on
0: high your
1: praises, Lord, I love to sing your praises, I'm so glad you're in my life,
0: I'm so glad, you're in my
1: life I'm so glad you came to, to save us, you, you came from, from heaven, heaven to, to earth to show the way, from the earth to the, from the, from earth to the, the cross, my, my debt to pay, debt from, to pay. The from the cross, cross to the, the, grave. From the, grave, from the grave, grave, from the grave to the sky, the Lord, I lift your, your name on, on high. high Let the glory, of the, let the let the glory of, of the Lord rise among us let the glory of the Lord rise among us let the praises of, of the king rise among us, us. Let, let it rise let it rise let the songs of the Lord rise among us let the songs of the Lord rise among us let the joy of the king rise. Rise among, among us. Let, us. let it, it rise. Let it rise. Oh, oh let, it rise. It rise. Let, it, let it rise. Oh, 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 oh let, let it, rise. it rise. Let it rise. Let, let the, the glory of the The glory of the, let us, let the of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of the King rise among us. Let it rise. Let it rise. Let the songs of the Lord rise, up, rise among us. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the joy of the King rise among us. us, let, us let it rise. Let it rise. Oh let it rise but it runs. Oh let it rise but oh, it rise let the glory of the Lord praises of the king rise Rise among among us, us, let it rise.
2: Hey, my bad, forgot the mic. How are we this morning? How are we this morning? What a week, huh? (coughs) In weeks like this, I'm reminded of a song we used to sing back home. Um, Actually, this is my home, back in South Carolina. Um, And it's an old song, but, but the words start out with, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And at this point, y'all can join, right? And the angel's beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. When we think about times like this, when we reflect, when, when we think about the word communion and community, it's about breaking bread together. Regardless of where we stand, regardless of what we believe, regardless of what we look like. It's about coming together. Would God be pleased with what he's seeing? This is a safe space. You won't be judged here. Let's set all of that stuff aside and focus on this. And in this moment, let's reflect on just how good God has been. Let's reflect on the fact that God sent his only son here to die for us. So no matter what we've done, no matter what we believe in, no matter how we look, we're loved by him. And we have time with him. As we reflect on that and keep that in mind, let us pray. Almighty God in heaven, thank you so much for this day, this new day that that we've never seen before, and we'll never see this one again. Thank you, Almighty God, for all the opportunities and all the blessings in this day, the ones that we see, the ones that we take for granted, and the ones that we are thankful for. Lord, thank you so much for your son coming to die for us. Thank you so much for the the, the, the bread and this cup that represents his body and his blood broken and shed for us. And as we take this and as we commune with each other and as we commune with you, help us to remember more. Not to learn, but just to reflect and remember that you've brought us through so much and you'll bring us through this again. Just like you brought the Israelites out of Egypt, just like you brought them through the Red Sea, just like you brought them through so much wandering in the desert. You'll do the same with us. We thank you so much, Lord, for this day and thank you for this time. Forgive us for our sins. knowing we always fall short and help us to do better. In Jesus' name we pray and give you thanks. Amen.
1: Let's stand for the song before the sermon. Everyone needs, needs compassion, compassion
0: a love that's love never failing.
1: Let mercy fall on me. me. Everyone,
0: Everyone needs, needs forgiveness,
1: forgiveness, the kindness of a savior, savior, the hope of nations, Savior, he, he My God is mighty to save He is mighty to save Forever Author of salvation He rose and conquered the grave
0: Jesus conquered the grave So take me as you find
1: me All my fears and failures Fill my life I give my life to follow Everything I believe in Now I surrender Savior, He can move the mountains
0: My God is mighty
1: to save He is mighty to save Forever, author of salvation He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see, we're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see, we're singing for the glory of the risen King.
0: Okay, I need your help this morning as we start out. Um, I would, uh, normally I'd have you kind of do this with each other. I don't know how well we can hear each other through our mass, though, but I want you to think about, and I, and, uh, I want our folks who are watching online to participate in this as well. Um, how many of you, I'll do a show of hands first. I can't see you online if you raise your hand, but feel free to raise your hand. Uh, how many of you have actually made New Year's resolutions for this year. Just raise your hand real high, keep it up. If you've actually made a New Year's resolution, doesn't matter what it is, if you've made one, okay, a few, all right. Now, um, how many of you uh, have, well, let me let me ask this first. Anybody that raised your hand, and those of you online can do this, you can put it in the comments. Anybody willing to share what that resolution was? You'll have to talk real loud through your mask so I can hear you. Anybody willing? Silence across the crowd, Okay. Anybody at all want to want to be want to be willing to share? Save more, money. save more money. Okay, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Anybody else? Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Is that what yours is going to be, Brandon? What's yours? Eat more, eat more vegetables. Good for you. Awesome. Okay. So read the Bible more. Save more money. Eat vegetables. I would love. I want to look later and see if anybody uh, commented on online about what their resolutions were. Okay. Let me ask this then. How many of you? Maybe not this year. How many of you at any point in your lifetime have made New Year's resolutions? Okay, a bunch more hands. All right. How many of you, keep your hands up, if, if you made at any point in your life made a New Year's resolution. Keep it up. Now, keep it up if you stuck through the whole year with that resolution. Eh, that's kind of what I figured. Some of y'all did. Very good. Both Amanda and Shavar, very good. Awesome. So what what is, um, let's be honest, Brandon, you you can yell real loud. Uh, how, how real is your expectation of eating more vegetables all year? <laughs> For those of you watching at home, he said, well, which is a great response. I don't want to put a number on it because I don't know, right? I mean, how, how, how long does it take us to not do whatever it was that we committed to doing? Now, it depends on what it is too, right? Right? But some of us will make these resolutions and, and we can make them really broad. I wanna be a better person this year. Well, okay, that's that's good. Let's like refine it. How are we gonna do that? Some of us get a lot more specific. It's gonna be vegetables. I wanna drink more water, I'm gonna save more money. How are we going to save more money? You got to come up with a plan if you're actually going to do it, right? And part of the problem with our resolutions and the things we commit to doing is because we don't get a plan in the first place. We don't stay committed to it and things get distracting and there's all sorts of reasons why we either choose to keep doing those things that we commit to or we end up not committing to those things. I just want to be thinking about that this morning, thinking about how, thinking about why we make those kind of commitments to some kind of change in the first place. And you know, most of our New Year's resolutions, whatever it is is something that we want to improve about ourselves, right? It's something that, it's a character trait, it's a habit, uh, it's, it's a physical trait, whatever it is. We want to do something different than what we have been. And, and sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's a, a complete change. This is, this is who I used to be and I don't want to be this person anymore. This is the choice that I used to make and I don't want to do that anymore. Sometimes it's just I want to do, I'm already doing this but I want to do it better, I want to just try to improve on, you know, what I, what I have been doing. Either way, there's a lot of times that, that we stay committed to some of those things. It usually helps to have somebody kind of, you know, hold us accountable and, and help us through those. And then there's all sorts of reasons why we, I guess, fall through with our commitments. We don't stay committed. We, we uh, do it for a while. We stop, start again, stop again. We get frustrated. We forget. We get lazy. All sorts of reasons, Right. We make a commitment, we make a resolution, we decide we're going to change something, don't always stick with it. Okay, as we're thinking about that, I want to remind you of the, the series that we started last Sunday, ask, uh, of this question, what if? And recognizing that, the, that those two little words, what if, have a lot of power and carry a lot of influence in our lives. We talked last week about how we ask what-if questions on a regular basis, whether or not we actually uh, consciously think about it that way, that we have um, choices that that we're going to have to make or actions that we're going to take or actions that we're not going to take, and we'll start running through all the different scenarios. What if I do this? Uh, You know, what's the end result going to be or what's it going to take for me to do that? What if... What if it doesn't turn out like I want it wanted to? And really, we talked a little bit last week about how more often than not, when we ask those what-if questions, a lot of times we ask it from kind of a negative viewpoint, a negative perspective. We start thinking about all the things that we might fail, all the things that we might do wrong, all the, all the ways that we might not keep that resolution, all the ways that we might not keep eating vegetables, right? We, we think about all the things that, that could go wrong or that might go wrong, and so a lot of times that causes us either to stop and not do those things, or to kind of change courses or, you know, not even start in the first place. And so what we challenged ourselves to last week, if you missed it, I invite you to go back and, and uh, go back on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page and, and share with us some of that. Because we talked last week about trying to, trying to reframe how we ask those what if questions. And instead of thinking about, the, you know, what if all the things that could go wrong or all the ways that I could fail or all the ways that I might not be ready to do this, to start asking more positive questions. What if this works? What if I uh, learn how to do this? What if things get better? What if things improve? What if, I mean, even from a spiritual perspective, what if God does something amazing that I'm not even ready for because I actually tried to, to, to do this particular thing? And that's what we're challenging ourselves to even today and, and for the next couple of weeks, asking these what-if questions but not looking at all the negative things that could happen, all the negative, you know, worst-case scenarios, but best-case scenarios. What, what could potentially happen for the positive if I make this choice, or if I stop doing this thing that I have been doing. Does it make sense? So let's ask another what if, you know, let's ask a what if question today. And, and you know, think about it, chew on it, ponder on it. The question that I want us to think about this morning is, what if I made a change? What if I made a change? Now, even just looking at that question, that's kind of a broad question, isn't it? I mean, what if I, what if I... Change something different than what I have been doing, or change a habit, or uh, chose something different than whatever my norm is, and whatever situation it is. But that, again, that's kind of a broad, a broad perspective. When we talked just a minute ago about New Year's resolutions, that's really kind of the heart behind. It. What if I, what if I save more money, quit spending money that I don't have? What if I read the Bible this year, or at least part of it? What if I made an attempt? What if I try to get healthy? What if I Ordered water instead of soda. What if I, I don't know, just think all the different things that, that we, um, the, the changes that we think about making. If you ask a question like, what if I make a change, it's a really broad category. And I kind of want us to, to focus a little more this morning. Not necessarily thinking about changing something like, I don't know, uh, uh, ladies, the, the fingernail polish color you're going to choose the next time you go to the salon. What if I chose something different? Um, Maybe if you got lunch plans as soon as we're done with worship. What if, you know, we get out in the parking lot when we leave from here, and what if we decide to go somewhere else? Okay, those are, okay, that is a change. I I want us to, you know, think a little bit more deeply than that, maybe a little bit bigger than that, okay? Not just necessarily a a physical trait, not just necessarily a, a, a menu choice at my favorite restaurant, but something about... Something that that has a long-lasting impact. Making a change in, in who I am. Making a change that's going to affect my character. And so I want to reword this. I want to add a word to this question. Not just what if I made a change. What if I made a significant change? And I know that even as you see those words on the screen, even as you hear that question, what if I made a significant change, we've all got different definitions of what significant is, don't we? I mean, (laughs) I mentioned the fingernail polish or, I mean, hairstyle. Those are significant changes, right? I understand that. But again, I I want us to be thinking about what about me as a a person? What about my character? What about the the way people view me? What about changing the way that I view other people and how I treat people in certain situations? What if I change some of those kinds of things? Um, about myself what if I what if I chose to change how I treat my spouse what if I chose to change how I treat my kids what if I chose to change how I treat my parents what if I chose to change the, my interactions with my friends uh, and my co-workers what if I what if I made a change in what I do in my free time and actually did some more uh, productive things whatever that would be what if I, what if I chose to get myself out of debt What if I chose to to make some changes in in my spending habits and my priorities? What if I this addiction that has had hold on my heart and, and kept me in this destructive habit for so long, what if I really worked on getting rid of that? What if I worked on letting go of some resentment, some bitterness that I've been holding on to for a while? What if I worked on, consciously made an effort to stop immediately judging people based on skin color, age, gender, whatever they post on their social media accounts? What if I stopped judging about who that person was based on what my immediate reaction is to whatever it is that they present themselves to me as? Does it make sense? You see the difference I'm talking about here? What if I made a significant difference? change in how I engage with people in this world, in how I engage with my God, a significant change in in, in myself and who I am, not just not just the things that I do. What if I did that and and even even as we think about answering that kind of question, I know. That there are some of us that when you see that question, what if I made a significant change? There's some of us we can't help ourselves if we automatically go to the, the negative scenarios. What if I try to make this change and I fail and it doesn't, you know, I just I end up giving up on it like I do everything else? What if I try to make this change and it doesn't it doesn't work? I don't see any difference. What if I try to make this change and people criticize me for it? What if I try to make this change and nobody notices? What if I try to do something different and 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 it's it's gonna man, that's gonna make me really uncomfortable, it's gonna stretch me a little bit. I'm not sure that I wanna do that. What if and we'll start thinking about all the different what ifs that could go wrong, that could make it difficult, that could make it hard, instead of looking at all the good stuff that could come from it. What if this made my life better? What if this empowered me to make other people's lives better? What if some good things that I'm not even aware of ended up resulting from me actually making this change about myself and about the way I do things, about who I am? That's the focus that I want us to be having this morning. I, I, I challenge all of us to be thinking about what's, what's a significant change that I could start right now that would make a difference in who I am and, and would, make a, would, would, would empower me to make a difference in the lives of other people. I give you an example of this. I, uh, I don't know how much you know about all the different um, disciples that followed Jesus when he first started his ministry on this earth. I mean, he's walking around, he's performing some miracles, he's teaching, he starts calling some guys to follow him and to learn from him and to experience some of the things that, that he's doing. He actually empowers some of them to go do those things. Uh, themselves and so uh, you got a guy like uh, you know a a guy like Peter Peter grew up on a lake as a fisherman he was the son of a fisherman who was probably the son of a fisherman this is the family business and Peter has kind of resigned himself to being a fisherman for the rest of his life as a matter of fact that's where Jesus finds him Jesus walking along the shoreline of the lake sees Peter doing fisherman stuff says hey come follow me and he does and he stops fishing, and he starts following Jesus and starts learning how to, how to preach and how to be compassionate and how to forgive, even how to perform some miracles. That's a significant change, isn't it? There's another guy that, that uh, was a tax collector. and he, I mean, his name's Matthew, and Jesus calls him from his tax collector's booth. Now, now he was hated in the first place because he's collecting taxes for the Roman government that everybody around him hated. So they hated him because they hated the government that he was getting money for. And not only that... Most tax collectors in this time were liars and cheats and robbed people, and he was probably one of those guys himself. So Jesus comes along and finds Matthew and says, hey, why don't you come follow me? And he does. And he goes from, from lying and cheating and robbing people, or at least being perceived as somebody who lies and cheats and robs people, and being completely hated and probably treating other people in a hateful way because of how they treat him. And now he starts following Jesus, and he, and he starts learning how to be compassionate and be forgiving and, and not make those judgments about people. And there's another disciple that Jesus calls. His name is Simon. We're told that he's a zealot. And the zealots were the guys that hated guys like Matthew. Hated them so much, hated anybody associated with the Roman government so much that they would cause riots to overthrow different factions of the Roman government. They would plan assassinations. They would fight you if they knew that you supported the Roman government anyway. And Jesus says, all right, Matthew, Simon, y'all be buddies. Y'all come follow me. I mean, Jesus takes a guy who has, I don't know how long he's been a, zeal- a zealot, a few months, his whole life, I don't know. For some time, he, his character is defined by anger and 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 disagreement and and judgment and fighting and hurt and and just destruction and Jesus says, "Come follow me and sees in Simon the ability to learn how to forgive, how to be patient, how to look beyond just what he sees on the surface. I mean we got a guy named John. John wrote, if, you're, if you got your table of content, contents in your Bible, John wrote John and first, second, third John and also Revelation, but he didn't name that one after himself. But he, he wrote these books, I mean, he wrote several books of the Bible. He was one of Jesus' closest disciples. And, and here's, here's John, you know, we, we name him, he's been named the disciple of love. He's all about love. You know he was called before he was a disciple of love? The son of thunder. You know why? Because he was a thunderous person who was angry all the time. And who would immediately react to somebody who didn't agree with him or didn't do things the way that he thought that they should. As a matter of fact, there's one story that's told in, in Scripture of, John, of Jesus walking along with his disciples. And they come to this town, the people in the town are like, eh, we don't want you here. Go somewhere else. And John steps forward and says, hey, you know what, Jesus, you, know, we can do, you just give me the word. I'm going to pray. Have God rain down fireballs on these people. Kill them all. That's that's John. Go read through the book of 1 John. And how many times do you see him say, we need to love. We need to be compassionate. We need to be known for our forgiveness and our love and our understanding. how that happen? Spent time connecting with Jesus, right? But with, I'm, I'm just naming the four Jesus' disciples. Do you see the significant change? Not just in a job change, but in who they were. There was a change in their character, there's a change in their heart, there's a change in the way that they interacted with people. There's a change in the way that they view people. There's a change in the way that people viewed them. That's the kind of change that I want us to be thinking about when we're answering this question, What if I made a significant change? What if I chose to make a change in my life that goes beyond just a physical trait, a clothing style, dropping a few pounds? What if I changed and and chose to allow God to change who I am, My, my character, my heart, my vision, perspective of people in my community? What if I made that kind of a change? What kind of changes could I make? What if, you know, the scripture tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that we should look, for, look out for other people's interests and, and not just our own. What if I chose to stop being selfish and started being selfless? What if I chose to make that change? I mean, Jesus said on multiple occasions, I need my followers to have a, a childlike faith. A faith that, that a, a belief in me, and a trust in me that even if you don't completely understand why I'm calling you to do what it is that you're doing or the direction that I'm going, you're going to go because that's what a child does. They trust the adult that they believe is going to be taken care of, and you believe in me that way. What if, what if I stopped being child-ish, being selfish and griping and complaining when things don't go my way and angry and reactionary? What if I started being childlike and trusting that I have a God who loves me and who knows where it is that he's leading me and I'm just going to follow? What if, as is described in Ephesians chapter 4, what if I started actually controlling my tongue and the words come out of my mouth instead of having to always apologize for them? What if when, you know, Jesus says in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 5 and chapter 6, pay attention to what it is that you're pursuing after, what you're hungering for. What if I stopped hungering for temporary things? Better job, better paycheck, nicer car, better house and a better side of town, cooler friends. What if I started hungering and being passionate about things that really matter? Love, service, forgiveness, compassion. Reaching out to other people, connecting with my God. What if that became my hunger and my passion? You see what I'm talking about? Making a significant change. And what if, what if I actually did those things? What would result from that? I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate question we're asking when we ask what if, right? What is this going to produce? What's going to happen if I start doing these things? So even just some of those things I just mentioned, what if I start doing those things? What if I make that change in, in how I react to people, how I treat people, the, the words that come out of my mouth, the things that I that I focus on in my heart. What would actually happen? Well let me share a few of those with you this morning. Here's some here's some scenarios. Here's some things that could happen if I <clears throat> excuse me if I chose to make a significant change in my life. First thing is my connection with God would improve. My connection with God would improve. And sometimes there's times in my life, and I'm sure there's times in your life as well, where I just feel distant from God. It's not that I've completely lost my faith in God. It's not that I've even completely lost an awareness of God, but there's just a distance there. We're just not, we're not connected like we used to be. There, there's something that's come between us. There's, there's something that's been severed. And it could be any, any number of things, I mean, it could be just a you know, lack of trust. I, I, I'm just not sensing where it is that God's leaving me anymore. I may have prayed about something. And it didn't turn out the way that I prayed and expected God to do it. So now I'm kind of mad about that. It could be just priorities that got in the way. I got busy doing a whole bunch of other things. And I'm not spending time with God anymore. Uh, you know, it could be, you know, some actual, I mean, let's be honest, some kind of sin, some kind of habit, some kind of ungodly thing that I'm doing. And that's causing a problem. That's causing a disconnect between me and God. And God even addresses that with his own people. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2, he says, Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your choices, the, the things that you've been doing, are not the things that I want you to do. And because you're doing things that I don't want you to do and didn't design for you to do, there's a disconnect between us now. We used to be close. We used to be connected. We used to have this relationship, and we don't anymore. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so we will not hear it may not be just an all-out what we would call sin. It could be any number of things that have come between me and my God, that become more important to me than my God. And whatever that is, if if I will make a significant change and try to get rid of whatever that is, whatever that habit is, whatever that relationship is, Whatever that sin is, whatever that attitude is, whatever that lack of trust is, whatever that lack of focus is, whatever's causing it, if I will make a change, a significant change in that, it's going to improve my connection with God because now there's not anything between us anymore. And we're we're going to start getting closer together again. My connection with God, my relationship with God will improve if I choose to make the change that I believe He's leading me to make. My connection with other people would improve. My friendships, my, my connections with family members, my connections with people in the community would, would, would improve if I chose to make some changes. What if? What if I chose to be more forgiving and less judgmental? What if I chose to get my eyes off myself and all the things that I want or all the ways that I see things and start seeing this world and this community through your eyes? What if I tried to find a way to, 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 before those words come out of my mouth, and I had to apologize for it, what if I found a way to hold on to it in the first place and, and keep myself from saying those hurtful things? What if I made a conscious effort to stop holding over your head all the mistakes that you've made towards me? What would be different? Wouldn't things improve? Wouldn't my relationship with you improve? Wouldn't things be better between us? If I would choose to make that kind of a change, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Some of us, maybe many of us who have gone to church a lot in our lifetimes, as soon as you hear 1 Corinthians 13, the first word that comes to mind is love. Because there's, I mean, there's dozens of times that just the word love is mentioned in that particular chapter. We call it the love chapter, some of us do. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul describes, here's what love, when when I'm actually loving towards other people, here's what that looks like. Let me show you part of it. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Here's my question. What if that described me? What if... That's the heart that I had towards my spouse, towards this person that I'm dating, towards my parents, towards my kids. What if I really concentrated on not being rude and selfish at work? What if with, with family members who I've had this this grudge and this bitterness against for a long time I stopped keeping record, keeping a list, a catalog of all the wrongs that they've committed towards me? What if I made a change? What if I what if I picked some of these things and said, this is going to be different in my life now? What would come from that? Wouldn't that make that relationship better? Wouldn't that improve our communication with each other? I mean, the whole, the whole point would be of loving somebody is to, to lift them up, to honor them. Even sometimes they don't deserve it. That's what God does for us, and that's what he's leading us to do. What if I actually tried to do that? Made a conscious effort to do the things that Paul describes here in 1 Corinthians 13. Wouldn't my marriage be better if my spouse felt honored and loved in this way? Wouldn't my family? Wouldn't my friends? Think about how better my friendships, my work relationships, my, my connection to my neighbors would be if I was more patient, if I was more kind, if I made a conscious effort to make that kind of change in my life. My, my connection with God would improve. My connection with you, with other people would improve. My own emotional health would improve. If I chose to make a significant change like this, some of us struggle maybe many of us struggle uh, with with anxiety and stress and anger and depression and negativity. what if I started what if I started making a change in how I view this world, how I view the people in the community that I 'm living in? what if I started making a change in just how I view you how how we interact with each other and, and, and what if, what if I started making a change and, and maybe, as you know we've already mentioned, change some habits, some personal habits or, or an addiction or something that's, that's been a struggle for me, if I actually made a change in that? Do you recognize that not only would that improve my relationship with the people around me, it would improve my own emotional health as well, my own mental state? Because the anger and the, and the anxiety that I'm feeling because of what I see in the community around me or how we're interacting with each other, if I would change how I view those things and how I treat people in those situations, guess what would fade away? The anger and the stress and the depression. Look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter four. Paul says in, in Philippians chapter four, beginning verse eight and going through verse nine, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let me ask you a quick question. No judgment intended whatsoever. Looking at this, at the words in this verse, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, how many of those adjectives that Paul lists there would describe your social media feed? There is a lot of negativity in our world, isn't there? Not necessarily that we're producing. It's just there. It finds its way into our lives, doesn't it? It shows up on our TV screens. It shows up on our phone screens. It shows up in conversations in the workplace and even with family members. There's a lot to be depressed about and anxious about and fearful of and angry about. I get it. What does Paul say? How do you fix that? Pay attention to what you focus on. Because as much negativity and hatred and violence and all those, all those negative things there are in this world, there's good stuff. There's noble stuff. There's true things. There's lovely things. There's things that are worthy of praise. Which one am I focusing on? And the more that I'm focusing on all the negative and all the hardship and all the trouble and all the chaos, Guess what happens to my mind and my heart? It becomes more filled with stress and anxiety and chaos and anger. But if I made a change, this is what Paul is saying here change what you focus on, change what you think about. Think about the good stuff, focus on the noble stuff, the praiseworthy stuff. See what I mean, he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Look at what good stuff other people are doing and focus on that. You don't have to just focus on all the stupid things and hurtful things that people around you are doing. Look for the good stuff and keep your eyes focused on that. And here's the promise this is the whole thing. If you haven't seen this at the end of verse nine, I would recommend you highlight this, underline it, circle it, because what's the promise? If I make a significant change in how I view this world and how I focus on it and what I think about, what does Paul say? The what? Peace of God will be with you. The God of peace, I'm sorry. The God of peace will be with you. You want to get rid of stress, fear, anger, anxiety, depression in your life? Paul says, this, this, is, how, this is the formula. What if I started focusing on the good stuff? What if that's the significant change I chose to to make starting today? Besides how that would change our relationship, besides how that would change and improve my connection with God, that would just help my own heart if I started making that change. One more. Other people's connection with God might improve if I make some of these significant changes in my own life. If I would choose to get myself out of debt, if I would choose to get rid of this, uh, uh, this addiction that I've been dealing with, if I would choose to just work on my own attitude, if I would choose to actually work on my faith and actually you know, pray and expect God to answer and be more trusting in the direction that He's leading me, if I would choose to do something different in this relationship that I'm in, whether it's a family member or somebody I'm dating or a friendship, if I would choose to make a significant change, those things can actually produce not just good things in my own life, but can cause life changes in the people that I'm interacting with. They can see what God is doing in my life. They can see the blessings that I'm receiving, and they can want that for themselves. And maybe for the first time in their lives, that particular person may have never had any contact relationship with God before, but now they're interested. Why? Because they've seen the change that he's made in my life. Maybe somebody that used to have that connection, used to have that relationship with Him, and they've walked away from it for whatever reason, and now they've got it again. Why? Because of what they saw God, me allowing God to do in my life. It's not just about me. The, the changes that I make can not only improve things in my own life, it can end up becoming a blessing to the lives of others as well. One of the... One of the my favorite stories in all the scriptures in Mark chapter 5. It's a guy that Jesus heals that I tend to call the crazy naked guy. He's, he's full of demons. He's demon possessed. And the demons that are in him, cause him to, like he just runs around naked, screaming all the time. He's living in a graveyard and in caves, scaring people. He's been chained up and he's broken the chains. just a crazy man. And Jesus shows up and Jesus heals him. Jesus casts the demons out of him. And, the, and people go tell the people in town and everybody that knew who the crazy naked guy was. And they all come out to see it for themselves. And they come out there. And the guy that used to be naked and crazy and yelling and drooling all over people is now standing there in his, in his, in his right mind, fully clothed. They probably hadn't seen that in a while. And he's, and he's, you know, talking normally. And everything seems to be fine. What happened? Interacted with this guy. He cast all the demons out of I me. Mean, look at me now. I mean, let's be honest. Significant change, right? Crazy naked guy, upstanding member of society, like that. That's a significant change, isn't it? How would you have reacted if you'd seen it? Let me tell you about what the people in Mark chapter 5 did. You can look at it for yourselves. When they see what happened when this guy had this interaction with Jesus, they say in verse 17, the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. And I'm not totally for sure. There's all sorts of good reasons we can come up with why they did that. Maybe it just scared them to death to see somebody uh, have that much power to be able to cast out demons and completely change this person's life. And just, it was too intimidating and they didn't want to be around it. Maybe they thought to themselves, man, if he can do that with, with him, uh, I'm scared of what he might do with me. You know, Maybe there was something in their own lives they didn't want Jesus touching. I'm not for sure. But whatever it was, these people made a conscious choice. Jesus, we don't want you around here. We don't want you in our lives. You keep on reading the next couple of verses. Jesus honors their request. He, he goes to get in the boat, sail away. He's not going to come back anymore. And the guy who is healed, the, the former crazy naked guy, comes to him and says, Jesus, I want to go with you. Let me go with you. And Jesus' responds, says, you need to stay here. You need to stay here and you need to tell people what God has done for you. So look at verse 20. The man went away. And began to tell in the Decapolis—that's the geographic region that this happened in. He began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. If you fast forward; it won't be on your screen. If you fast forward a couple of chapters to Mark chapter seven, Jesus comes back to this area again. We don't know exactly how much time has transpired—few A few weeks, a few months—not totally for sure. But he comes back to this region again, to the same people who said, "We don't want you here." And when he shows up, you know what happens? huge crowds come to see Jesus. They want to hear his teaching. They're bringing people for him to heal. Jesus, we've got this person that, that can't talk. we got this person that's blind, and he's healing them, and they're hanging on his every word, and they're amazed at the things that he said. Same people who sometime before said, Jesus wanted nothing to do with you, are now saying, Jesus can't get enough of you. What changed? My theory, that guy. People saw the change in his life because of his relationship with Jesus and they wanted it for themselves. Can that still happen today? I would believe with all my heart, absolutely. Not that God's gonna go around casting demons out of us, but if I if I truly, if I truly commit to making this significant change in my life and, 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 and open my heart up to see, what, God, what, where is it that you're leading me? Where are the gaps? Where? What, who am I now and who could I be? Who are you leading me to become? What is it that you're shaping me into? Who is it that you're shaping me into? If I would truly pay attention to that and commit to making that change, it's not just going to be a benefit in my life. I, obviously, it's going to be a benefit in my life. I've already talked about that. It will help my mental health. It will help my spiritual connection with God. It will help my relationships with other people. But people, other people's lives could be changed. In a significant way, because they get to witness the change that I'm experiencing. Do you see that? What if? What if I chose to make a significant change in my life? What if I chose to do that? Guys, I I know you are. You got it on the screen. I'm going. I'm going to move to the end. Um. If you listen to very many of my sermons, you know that one of the things that I, that I try to incorporate into all of my sermons usually is some kind of, okay, well, here's how to. Here's the action steps. Here's how you do this. Um, maybe you don't remember. Maybe you didn't know. You can go back on our YouTube channel. I'd, I'd actually invite you to, to go back on our YouTube channel to, um, I wrote it down, October 11th, 2020. Just a few months ago, and we were going through a series, we were calling Stuck, when I'm stuck in a certain point in my life. And one of those lessons that that we shared together was being stuck, what to do when I'm stuck in hurtful habits. And we talked about how to change some habits, how to make some significant changes in our lives. And so I'm not going to spend time this morning. We're going to wrap up here in just a minute. I'm not going to spend time this morning going through those steps. As a matter of fact, honestly. If you, on your phones right now, on your tablets, if you've got your laptop at home, if you open up Google and, and enter the phrase, how to change a habit, you will get 185 million results. So there's information out there, okay? Not that it's not important, I'm just not going to spend time on it this morning. You need to decide, I need to decide, what's the significant change that needs to take place in my life? And I can get to the how-tos, I can talk to people, I can get advice from other people, I can listen to sermons, I can read books, I recommend all that, whatever works for you. But the what-if question is what I want to focus on today. What I want us together to focus on today. What if I made this change? How would my life be different? How would my life be better? What could God do if I chose to make this change today? I do want to end with this. I appreciate the focus and the attention this morning. Um, I am, I I, I told you recently, I I love history. I love, I'm I'm a nostalgic person. Uh, I love the History Channel and the American History Channel and the history.com website and anything historical. I like it. Um, Next Sunday, a week from today, is the 240th, anniversary of the battle of the cowpens it was an important battle in the revolutionary war and if you've ever seen the movie the patriot with mel gibson the final battle in that movie is based on the actual battle it's not totally (laughs) not totally accurate but it's a good movie Um, but in the actual battle of the cowpens there's a, there was an American general whose name was Daniel Morgan who had a group of soldiers they called just, you know, the militias. As, as farmers, as volunteers that happened to live in the area and they would just grab their squirrel hunting rifles and show up for the battle. And more often than not, they'd get scared to death of these professional soldiers coming at them and they'd take off running. And this particular battle, kind of, it, it was almost as if the, the Revolutionary War was going to hinge on how this battle turned out. And the American troops were almost... Uh, outnumbered two to one by the British troops and Daniel Morgan goes around campfire to campfire that night with all these different guys in the militia who don't know anything about battle tactics who don't know anything about they're not veterans in, in military service they just rode in off the farm a few hours ago and he goes from campfire to campfire and encourages them he says listen here's what I need I need, I need you to fire two shots tomorrow morning of the battle fire two shots and then you can fall back Two shots and then you fall back. And, and it was actually, you know, a brilliant strategy because what ended up happening is they, a lot of them fired the two shots. They ran back. Now, they didn't run away. They just ran back to the back of the line. And then they took their time getting their guns reloaded. And by the time the guys that took their spot when they fell back had fired their shots, they just keep coming with their shots. You understand what I'm saying? They just kept firing and, 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 and keeping the guns going on the British soldiers. Huge victory was won that day. And what I, the reason I share that story with you is because Daniel Morgan could have walked around and told all the soldiers, man, this whole, this whole revolutionary war depends on you guys, and you've got to win it tomorrow. What would the a- reaction of some of those guys been? But what if I don't? What if I mess up? What if I fail? What if I can't do it? What if we lose? And all the negative questions could have come in. So what did Daniel Morgan say? I don't need you to completely revolution, I I don't need you to completely win the Revolutionary War tomorrow on your own. What do I need? Give me two shots. And we'll go from there. As I wrap up this morning, we can look at this question of what, this significant change. I'm going to completely change something about myself. That can seem almost, I'm acknowledging it can seem almost overwhelming, so broad and overwhelming, I'm not even for sure exactly where to start. So start small. Start small. What's, something, what's, what's, a, what's a habit that I can start today that moves me that direction? This is the end goal. This is where I want to be. This is the change I want to make. What's the first step to get me there? And I want to focus on that step first and then go to the next one, the one after that. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Don't convince yourself that you got to do all dozen of those things at once. Today, this week, I'm going to work on not being rude. And I might have to work on it again next week, but I'm going to work on it. And once I start getting the hang of that, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to start being patient. That might take a little longer, but I'm going to keep working on that. I'm going to work on this month. For the rest of the month of January, I'm not going to keep any record of wrongs. I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep a catalog of all the hurtful things anybody said or did to me, whether they're in my family or even a total stranger. I'm just going to let it go. Some of y'all right now are going, whoa, whoa, whoa let's, stop, let's start smaller than that. Maybe just the guy that cut me off in traffic, I won't yell something. You know, I mean, whatever it is, folks, Decide what the significant change is and then start taking the steps. I'm not challenging you this morning. My God is not challenging you this morning to completely revolutionize your life. My God is asking you, I think, he's asking this church, he's asking all of us, what could be different than what it is now about who you are and about the direction of your life. Now let's start with step number one. What is that? That's for you to decide. And if we can help, I would love for you to reach out to us and let us know let's pray together God you are an amazing God and you are so full of blessings and and you are so loving and so compassionate and we read through uh, this description of love and we recognize God you are all those things that you are so patient and so kind and you you uh, always lift us up and honor us. You don't keep a record of our wrongs because you've washed those things away through the blood of your son, Jesus. God, we thank you so much for being that kind of God for us. And I pray, Lord, that that your spirit is right now moving in the hearts of the people who are listening to this message, not because of me or my words, but because of you and your presence, that you are already speaking in our hearts and saying "This, this is the change you need to make. This is who I'm moving you to be. This is the direction that I'm leading you to go. May we hear your voice speaking to us, God, and may we choose to commit to follow. May we choose to go in the direction you want us to. Pick us up when we fail, but keep us going, God. Make it obvious who it is that, that you want us to be and give us that desire. Lord, if there's if there's help that people need with addictions, with um family dynamics, with finances, with what just to, to make some changes. I pray, God, that you would give them the courage to reach out to us, not uh, to be afraid of how they're gonna be perceived, but to recognize we, we just want to help. God, I I pray that you would help all of us who 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 are recognizing already who you're uh, calling us to be and we see the needs we hear the needs of other people that we would run to go meet those needs and if we can't do it ourselves we bring them to somebody who can God above all things draw us closer to you make it obvious the things that we have allowed to come between you and us and give us a willingness to make a significant change to to cut the ties with whatever that is so that we can be reconnected with you and I, I, I pray, Father, that whatever the change is, that we don't walk out of this room this morning, that we don't shut the, the screen off uh, this morning, still committed to being the same people that we were when we got here. That we are already identifying the change that you are leading us to make. And we're already choosing to commit to that. And I pray that you move powerfully through us so that our lives can be changed and so that you can empower us to help change the lives of others we pray these things knowing that you're already listening believing that you're already moving to answer in the name of jesus amen
1: let's stand purify, purify me, me lord from ways that are not you and take away Sweetest, Sweetest thing, thing I know, I know, is letting your love show. Purify my, purify my heart, my heart. I yield to you, to each, you heart. each part. Help me to run, run into your into arms, where the arms purifying starts. starts. I, I so Take cool.
3: Good morning. I got to hold that out a little ways. <clears> That's <throat> the loudest I've been in two weeks. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here today. Uh, I know it's nice and cold outside, and, but it's nice and warm in here. Uh, not only with just the temperature, but the love that we see among us. Um, we uh, look forward to the day that we can all come together. We were meeting yesterday and talking about what a great day it's going to be when this building is full and we've got all the chairs out of one of the classrooms so we can uh, start using those again. But We are thankful that you've uh, chosen to join us today and uh, if you're a guest here, we ask that you hang around for a little bit. Um, we'll make sure we stay social distance but uh, we'd like to at least say hello to you uh, and maybe get an opportunity to learn your name. Um, I don't have any major announcements, I don't think I've missed anything, so let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the love that you've shown this family. We pray that you continue to uh, be with us, to help us to reach those around us that don't know you, and we pray that you help us to show them what it's what it means to be a part of this family. Lord, we pray that you be with our nation. Uh, We pray that you help us to heal. Uh, We pray that you raise leaders up who are godly people and who um, lean on you for their direction. We pray that you show your strength uh, to this world. And we ask that you uh, uh, help us to support those who truly are followers of you. Lord, we thank you so much for Jesus and the sacrifice that he made, and we pray that you uh, uh, help us to remember uh, that sacrifice. We pray that you help us to look to this year to make significant changes, and um, hope that uh, you help us to uh, give us that hope that we have in you. It's his name that we pray. Amen
1: stand as we close I belong to Jesus I belong, belong to I belong to him I belong to Jesus, Jesus free from sin I belong to Jesus I belong, I belong to, to him, him. I, belong I belong to Jesus, Jesus free from, from sin he's lifted up. up he was lifted up he paid he the the costly, costly price, price. He he bought me with the blood of, blood. of his own life christ, christ
0: king, king. Now, reigning.
1: Christ, now, reigning. Christ, now reigning he wears, he wears victor's, victor's crown. crown he wears victor's crown satan was he defeated, was defeated. when the blood, blood down. Blood down. the blood flowed down i, I belong, belong to, to jesus me. i belong I to, to him, him. I belong to Jesus, free from sin. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Him. I belong to Jesus, free from sin. He was lifted up. He was lifted up. He paid a costly price. He paid a costly price. He bought me with the blood of His own. now now reigning he wears wears a victor's crown
0: he wears victor's crown
1: satan was defeated when when the blood flowed down down. i belong belong to to jesus Jesus. i belong belong to to him him. i belong belong to to jesus Jesus. free free from sin i belong to jesus i belong to 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 him I belong to Jesus, free from sin. People, we are free from sin. Have a blessed week.